Welcome to the Church Media Lab Podcast. A bonus behind the scenes look at church media and technology. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to Church Media Lab. We're on episode two. We hope you had time to listen to episode one where we kind of introduced ourselves and um, just kind of talked about what's coming up on the future episodes. But I got my co-host Bradley here. Uh, Bradley, go ahead and tell everybody what we're going to be talking about today. Man, today is going to be the episode of live streaming. The big, big live streaming, all things live stream. Yeah, and uh, we don't even know if we'll be able to fit it all in one episode because live streaming is just like there's so many little things that go with it. And I don't know about you, Brad, but uh, that's like the number one question I had all last year was how do we get live streaming? What cameras do I buy? How can I do it? How can I do it fast? And what in the world am I doing? <laughs> yes, exactly. That's, so That's what been we, the biggest we, thing. Yeah, so what we decided to do on this episode, instead of – coming on here with a bunch of recommendations for cameras and software and telling you what you need to go buy we're going to actually walk you through what it's like to set up a live stream because that's the thing is there's really no one size fits all when it comes to live streaming um just because i have great cameras at my church doesn't necessarily mean those cameras would be great at your church and vice versa right oh yeah definitely and that's that's the biggest thing is trying to and we're going to talk about it in this episode is trying to get everything that you need for the best budget dollar amount that you can get, that's going to give you the highest quality presentation of your services to the world. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to start with the basics first. And this is a big one. This is something that I see overlooked so much when it comes to live streaming because immediately everybody's first question is, what camera should I buy? That's what I see all the time. Here's my budget. What kind of camera should I get? But I think you always should start with internet connection. That is the biggest thing because it doesn't matter how good your setup is. If you don't have the bandwidth or the network capabilities of pushing that signal out, you're never going to have a good live stream. And so what I always tell everybody, first off, go to speedtest.net and look at your upload speed. That's see all everybody always looks at the download speed because that's what your companies will advertise. They'll tell you, oh, you have 100 meg service, 300 meg service, but they don't tell you what your upload is. A good download is fine for streaming content to you, but we're trying to push content out. So that requires a great upload speed. Um, Fortunately, here at my church, we actually are on um, commercial-grade internet. So we have a great upload speed. We can stream at very high quality, but a lot of churches are still on residential internet, and so they may have a great download speed, but their upload speed is just not there. And you've got to remember that even if you're on the line of being able to stream, um, you may be using all of your bandwidth. So that means as soon as somebody hops on a device on your Wi-Fi, you're just going to kill your signal. So I always tell people, start out with internet speed. Go see what your internet speed is and work from there. All right, so what's the next thing, Bradley? What would you recommend somebody look at next? All right, the, the biggest thing, Anthony, covered it great. Internet is your, your biggest thing. Now you're going to figure out where you want to stream to. And this is everybody's biggest thing is like, oh, I want to stream to Facebook. Okay, I'm going to stream to Facebook uh, at my local church in More Life in Grand Bay. We um, simulcast, and we'll get to this all later. We simulcast our services. So simulcasting is sending two signals of your broadcast to different places. Um, Some churches do two or three 
Uh, some do four or five. It just depends. We um, go to Facebook and YouTube, for example. Um, a lot of people like doing that. And then there's there's a couple of ways of, of streaming straight to a, a platform. I mean, you can use an encoder, um, which, again, we're going to get into all this in depth a little later. Or, or you could, you know, there's a lot of people that started off the pandemic with using their iPhone on a Facebook Live. Just put it up on a tripod and, and so there's different ways of getting your stream to your server of choice, whether that be Facebook, YouTube, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, that's, that's the biggest thing is figuring out where your target audience is going to be heading to. Is that going to be to Facebook or is that going to be to your website? You're going to embed this into your website directly. But So then after we talked about where we're going to stream to, now we got to figure out are we going to stream via – a software encoder or a hardware encoder. So, for example, a, something of a software encoder would be um, something of uh, uh, Caster.io um, is a big software encoder. And then you have uh, your big ones, Restream, Boxcaster. All these companies take your stream. When you stream it from your, your church and they take it into the cloud and distribute it that way. Um, and then there are some hard... Uh, actual hardware encoders um, uh, just like living is one or resi um, that are a little high dollar and they still go to the cloud but they're actually hardware encoders that are sitting in your tech booth right next to your streaming computer that encodes all of that data and then sends it off um, instead of actually going through a software um, so uh, and then once you figured out how you're going to encode and what software, if you're going to go with software or hardware encoder, now you got to figure out what software am I going to use to take that and send it off. So, Anthony, you want to you want to talk to us about a few yeah. the big popular ones? Yeah, I'll do that. And that, and that's a great point. Is um, a lot of this is we're trying to give you information to plan ahead. Because um, knowing your target audience, knowing where you want to stream, if you want to multi-stream, stream to one source, whatever, that can play a big part in the equipment you buy on down the road. So it's all about planning ahead. Um, and so that's why we're talking about all these different things. Even though you may only be streaming to one place now, if you know in the future you're going to be simulcasting, then you need to go ahead and plan your equipment out to where you can support a multi-stream. So um, we use software encoders at my church. Um, that's just the easiest for us. Um, like Bradley said, the hardware encoders are great, but they're typically a lot more expensive. Um, you usually only see those in, in much larger churches. Um, personally, we use Caster to kind of simulcast out, but we get our signal through OBS. We use OBS open broadcasting it's um it's free it's open source and it's actually a pretty powerful tool and a lot of churches use it um, I would highly recommend starting with that just because it's free um, it's a great software um, you will need a pretty decent computer to run it and we will talk about computers and getting the signal actually into the computer but um, that could save you a lot of money just simply by using OBS um, another popular one is vmix and um, they are they operate on a tiered program and so i would do some research um, i'm not as familiar with vmix as far as the cost i do know it's excellent software very powerful has a lot of built-in tools um, probably the second most used one um, besides obs um, I, I have looked into it for our church because of the features and we may end up swapping to it on down the road but i would examine the cost because i do know it is tiered 
Um, they have a pretty cheap option, but I'm not sure what all that covers. But if you know for a fact you're going to be using a computer, a laptop, whatever, to um, to capture your cameras and actually send that signal out, I would start with OBS and vMix. Um, I know there's other software out there, but those are going to be the easiest ones to use. And like I said, OBS will probably get you by um, pretty well. So, um, But before we get to that point, we've got to talk about how do you actually take a signal from a camera and get it into the computer to get it into OBS. So um, Bradley, tell us a little bit about the different ways you can get a signal into the computer. Yeah. So there's different, definitely different ways you could do this. Um, again, this all goes back to what I mentioned in the beginning. This all goes back to your budget, you know? Um, and I know everybody is have, have, you know, strict budgets and everything of, you know, don't want to spend too much money, but still have a quality stream. Um, if you're if you're using PC, um, you may want to go a capture card route um, that you have um, some um, dedicated graphic cards that you could put in your PC. Um, if you're going uh, Mac, Apple way, um, you could always use uh, capture devices that will take your signal, whether it be uh, HDMI or SDI, and switch that into a USB signal that can get into your computer. Um, essentially all we're trying to do is take that footage from your cameras and take it in and reveal it to the computer. Once you're able to do that, you put it in OBS, you put it in vMix, uh, whatever, uh, software encoder you're going to be using, and then it sends out. So you always have to look at two, you know, are you going to use, um, a switcher versus to, as my capture device, or am I going to use an actual dedicated capture device? For example, um, the ATEM Mini platform from Blackmagic Design is a great platform. They're very cheap for what they do. Um, they, they're a small package. You know, it's not taking up a whole, you know, the whole desk space in your tech booth, you know. And so some of those switchers also are built-in capture devices as well. And you can run directly from that switcher into your computer to get your signal. So it's all about trying to see what is the best option for your church. Um, now, that being said, something like that may have a lower resolution. Um, you may not be getting a full 1080p, for example. You may only be getting 720. Um, and so that's what you want to definitely look at, the pros and cons. And I would suggest if you're going to look at, um, at purchasing one of the options, I would do my research on it for sure. You know, I would, I would say, Hey, look, I'm looking at, for example, I'm looking at the ATEM mini versus the ATEM television studio HD. Okay. I mean, those are all kind of on the opposite ends of the spectrum technically, but you know, it's always good to look at those two and see, okay, is this going to get me what I need to have? Or is this everything? Can I do everything from this from this piece of hardware or am I going to need more gear? So that's always, I would always highly recommend definitely, definitely look up and see what is the best option for you and your church. Because I mean, my church, we use a Tim mini, um, and, uh, black magic design just released their new line of a Tim mini extremes, um, which are, uh, almost like April fool's joke at first when they yeah. I saw the pictures of it. But, uh, so, I mean, that's definitely always look at whatever you're needing. If, if you're only having four cameras, you may not need a eight channel, um, switcher, you know, uh, you may, you know, if we have two cameras at our church, 
I needed, I had, I got the A10 Mini to give me two extra inputs just in case if we run a baptistry camera or whatnot. So that's always highly recommend uh, trying to see what is going to be best for your church. And then, yeah, yeah that's a great point about, uh, about think planning ahead too, about how many cameras you have is all these different devices we've been talking about have different amounts of inputs. Right. If you're literally only going to be running one camera, maybe two at the most, um, you can just use a simple capture card. I know Elgato makes a cam link now that's literally just looks like a USB stick that you plug an HDMI into. Right. Um, there's no need for a big switcher, you know, but if you're running a, a six camera or eight camera system, you're going to have to have a pretty big thing. So, yeah, so that, that again goes back to, man, take you out a piece of notebook paper and write out literally what your goals are and then figure out your equipment from there. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. Um, so, um, yeah, so we've talked about, you know, checking your internet speed, you know, do I want to use software? Do I want to use hardware? Um, you know, do I want a switcher? Do I just want to switch the cameras, uh, in software? You can do that. If you have two capture cards, you can take two signals, uh, run them into OBS and literally just click on the mouse to change cameras. Um, we personally use the ATM mini. Uh, I like it because it has physical buttons. I like being able to actually, hit the buttons to swap, not have to click through the software. But to save you money, you could just buy two cam links or two capture cards, run your cameras into them, and switch them with the mouse. So that's that's something to think about as well. Um, this is probably the biggest question, and we could do a whole episode on cameras, but this is the question that it's like, what camera should I buy? Well, there are so many factors that come in to buying cameras. And, and here in just a minute, we're going to actually give you some, some different models. But the main thing you need to look at when you're buying a camera is there's two, two options. Um, when it comes to style of camera, there's PTZ, which I'm going to let uh, Bradley explain what those are. And then there's traditional cameras. So we'll start with the PTZ. Tell us what a PTZ camera is. Okay. So PTZ uh, stands for pan, tilt, and zoom. Um, so, you actually have probably in your day-to-day life have probably seen a lot of PTZ cameras out in your daily walk and you really don't realize it. A lot of security cameras use the PTZ function. Um, so I know everybody's been to Walmart or been to a big box store. They use PTZ cameras because they have flexibility. And that's the biggest thing um, when we're talking about two, two different styles of camera. PTZ is a great camera. Um, it helps minimize... Uh, amount of volunteers you need for um, for your tech booth. For example, if you have five cameras and they're all manned cameras, that means you have to have five people to run the cameras, and then you're going to have to have at least uh, one person switching. So that's six people uh, that you need to volunteer. So looking, also looking at that feature too is, okay, one person can run this three cameras that we have. If they're PTZ, we have one person that runs three cameras versus we have three cameras we have to have three bodies with those cameras moving them so they have they have some uh, a lot of pros to them Uh, they do have some cons they are not your cinematic camera Um, if you uh, if you've watched uh, you know um, the bigger churches uh, like Bethel for example they're using high, high very high quality cameras and they're shooting at a frame rate of 23.97 so that is technically 24 frames per second which is a cinematic uh look so again you're not going to get you know um and lighting is everything with the ptz cameras too as well well with cameras in general but the ptz cameras uh tend to need a little bit more light 
um, to make your uh, your image just like crystal clear. Um, but you know, some churches they work perfect for them. N- uh, not every church is made for them. Um, you also have to look at the geographic nature of your room. What is your room laid out like? Um, you know, is it a far? Is the back wall v- like very far away from the front of your platform? If it is, PTZ camera may be zooming all the way in to capturing that, and it may not be a great image. So those are the kind of things you have to look at looking at PTZ cameras. So, Anthony, why don't you talk to us about just our traditional cameras? Yeah, so a traditional camera is really just this could be a um, anything from an actual true camcorder to a broadcast camera, to a DSLR, to a mirrorless, whatever you're using. Um, But when somebody says traditional camera, they're just talking about something that has to be manually operated. There has to be a person on that camera if you want to zoom it, if you want to tilt it, if you want to to do whatever. And so um, we use traditional cameras at my church, and I'll I'll talk a little bit about why, um, is because our uh, for one thing um like bradley was talking about building our building is not set up well for ptz cameras our church building is literally a warehouse um now it doesn't look like that because we've done a lot of remodeling but when we moved in that building was just a big empty metal building now the problem is is because it's a big warehouse type building is that it flexes a lot in the wind and you don't really notice this um, a lot, but um, the way we found this out is our projector, which is mounted to the ceiling. If you go on our back wall and like push on the drywall, it will shake the projector because that vibration travels <laughs> through the metal beams. Right. So if we were to mount PTZ cameras on our wall, we would get a lot of that vibration. And um, I have watched several churches live streams and the camera, when the music is going, the camera looks like there's an earthquake. So they, they do make mounts to overcome that stuff, but that's another cost it incurs. So when I was shopping around for cameras, I was like, I just don't want to go the PTZ route. It's just, it's not conducive to our building. It would be really expensive to get what we need. Um, so we went with traditional cameras. So um, with the traditional cameras, it's very nice. We can manually focus them. I can move them around. That is one of the biggest things is since they're on a tripod, I can literally every service change locations if I want to. Now, some of the downsides to a, a, a traditional camera is you kind of need to know how to operate a camera. To get the best picture, you need to know how um, aperture works. You need to know how shutter speed works. You need to know how uh, white balance works. You've got all these manual settings to get a really good thing. So if you have zero camera knowledge, you're probably going to have to do some reading up to figure it out. The other side is there are um, accessories and things you have to think about with a traditional camera. First off, you've got to have a great tripod. Um, if you buy a cheap tripod, it's going to vibrate. You will just find like a, out. <laughs> yes, you will find it out quickly. It will vibrate just like a PTZ camera will vibrate on um, on a wall or, or some kind of thing like that. Second of all, um, tripods take up a lot of room. So um, you have to think about if I'm putting a tripod with a, a camcorder on it over, you know, on the right side or the left side, about middle ways down my sanctuary, am I going to lose seating because of that? Um, our, our cameras, we actually built platforms to get them up higher off the ground and, um, they're four foot square. So we had to take in a factor of if we put this camera somewhere, we've got to have a four foot square footprint that we cannot put seats in. So 
that is something else to consider before you just go out and say, well, I want to go the traditional camera route. Um, you need to go see where can I put them in my church? Will they be in the way? Will somebody walk past and knock them over? Is there enough room for somebody to sit on a stool or a chair behind it and operate? Um, and that's the other thing um, that Bradley was talking about with a traditional camera. You've got to have camera operators. So if all I have is one guy to switch, he's literally got to go move the camera, focus it, zoom it in, run back, hit the button to switch it. So thankfully, we've got enough volunteers at my church, but that's something else to think about is that camera is only going to move if somebody's behind it. So um, definitely something to think about. Do I want a robot camera, a PTZ that I can move with a joystick? Or do I want a more traditional camera that has more flexibility, but it's going to require a lot more effort to work it? Um, and so lastly, something else to really think about is audio. And since audio is not my thing, I'm gonna let Bradley talk about why audio is something to consider when you're live streaming. Man, audio is the one thing that nobody wants to talk about <laughs> when it comes no, to live streaming. Nobody, everybody wants the video. Yeah. It's like, it's like, okay, can we just, you know, can we just magically get the audio into the, um, there's so many, like literally you could, we could probably do a whole episode on just the audio. Yeah, and um, we may do have, that in the future. We may just do an audio live streaming episode. Yeah, because, I mean, you have latency issues that you have to deal with. I mean, how many times if you, you know, I've pulled up a, you know, a live stream or somebody shared a live stream on Facebook um, and I'm scrolling through and I'm watching it and, and they're saying, uh, Waymaker, Mirror, and the mouth about two seconds later finally get the Waymaker. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. it's like it's like okay, you know, they the audio is a little off. Um, it's like watching a bad and, overdub kung fu. Movie. Yeah, there you go. And 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 things you have to think about too is you're trying to engage your audience. And like I said in the in the very first episode, it's all about ministry. You want to engage your audience. You may lose somebody. As silly as it sounds, you may lose somebody just them scrolling on your your feed and and watching your stream, and you go. Oh, absolutely. Man, that's that's kind of hurting my head to like trying to watch their, you know, their mouth move and everything. So, yeah. latency is a big thing that you always have to watch out for with audio. Audio period, but uh, add in video, you know, to make sure everything matches up. But the biggest thing with audio is you got to figure out how you're going to bring it in. Are you going to bring it in through your switcher? Is your switcher a a, a high grade enough switcher where you have a built-in say XLR inputs that you can run from your your main um, house console or or whatnot and then you get into uh dante or you get into running um if, if you're in the behringer uh midas family are, are we going to run an aes 50 port you know to another room for somebody to to mix a live broadcast mix i mean there's so many there's so many options i mean like i said you have you can mix on another console for it um here at our church we again we're trying to make sure that we can get our stream where we can have the most effective stream that we can have without pulling so many people out of our services. Um, cause a lot of times when you, when you're volunteering and you're, you're working for the church, sometimes, you know, doing sound doing media, you know, sometimes you may, I mean, you know, we don't want them to be held directly to their position. Um, right. Yeah. If the spirit's moving, but we definitely, you know, we need to keep, you know, the live stream going. And so what we do actually is um, run a matrix feed from our front of house console that runs to the live stream. Now you say, oh, that's not a great idea because, you know, your house mix may be different than what's going on live stream. Well, the good thing about that is, is 
I know that even in my room, we may have some reverb issues. You know, the natural reverb of the room may sound a little bit different than it does on live stream. But in the overall, if the mix is right here in the room, it's right on live stream. So that's the biggest thing to take into consideration. And there's some people that actually, and I'm actually currently, this is a project I'm working on right now at our church, um, running a, um, a template, uh, a template through Pro Tools or Logic um, that is made with all kind of great plugins that add reverb effects, um, uh, even some drum replacement triggers um, for your live stream to send that through the pro pro tools or logic session and then send it to your live stream so that way you look at a very high quality of audio that's processed um and send it so there's like i said there's there's a lot if 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 you ever have if you guys have any questions on anything we've tried to cover well i know we've been trying to do it real fast and get the episode in but um feel free to reach out to us and, and at the end of the show we'll tell you how to get in touch with us but um that's that's the biggest thing is trying to make sure figure out where you're going to get your audio from, you know, and that's, that's step number one. That's the biggest step, you know, and like I said, if I'm getting it locally or is it going to be something over the network, for example, like Dante. So, yeah, that's a, that's a, all great, um, great, excellent points. And one thing I was thinking about with audio too, is that there's, um, there's nothing worse than having just an excellent looking live stream. And then you just, you can't even hear the audio because it's just so, jumbled or like one instrument is way overpowering another um you can really you can spend a whole lot of time on the visual side which is what we tend to think about when we live stream and a lot of people just neglect the audio um so the way we do it at our church um although I'm, i'm not really involved with sound i do know how it's routed we use the um the personas board i forget which one it is but it's it's their all digital board that they came out with a few years back and so we can actually swap and have it's basically like running two consoles so yeah. like you can you can click a button and run the live sound and then you can click a button and it swaps over to the live stream sound so we're able to kind of mix them individually it's something we're still kind of experimenting with but then we run an out from our soundboard into our ATM mini and then in OBS, I'll sync up the audio and video. So that's the way we do it. Um, I've seen people just use audio capture cards. And even, yep. you know, a simple way, probably not the best way, is just run it out of the headphone jack. You know, you've got a line out or a headphone jack on your soundboard. At least that's going to sound better than an onboard camera mic or something like that. But time, um, I would I would definitely say don't neglect the audio because it's already going to be not that great anyway because it's being so compressed um because you're having to send that signal out and then it's going through an encoder it's going over the internet it's going out over facebook it's being distributed to all these servers people are watching it on a cell phone people are watching it on a tv so <laughs> right. like you you're, you're trying to overcome all these things that degrade sound so if you start with bad sound it's just going to get worse at least if you start with let's put out a high quality sound by the time it gets compressed and all that stuff comes in over the internet, at least it won't sound as bad. Right. Um, so that's that's one thing to think about as well. So um, we've kind of given y'all a lot right there uh, about things to consider with live stream. Now, uh, what, we, what we're going to do next is we're going to just walk you through planning a system. And so um, we're going to kind of uh, use some of our personal experiences here, how, you know, Bradley, how you guys 
got to where you are on your live stream. I'm going to talk about things that we did on our live stream. So the very first thing that we did um, with live stream is we, like I said, we determined what our network could handle. Um, and there's charts online that'll tell you, like, if you want to stream at 1080p, you need this amount of megabits per second upload. If you want to stream at 720p, you need this. So that was the very first thing we did. And we can stream, um, we can stream full 1080p because we have, I think we have a pretty consistent about 20 meg upload. So we usually never run out of bandwidth, but um, that was the first thing we did. And so um, from there, I was like, okay, options are pretty much wide open. So uh, Bradley, when y'all started live streaming, how did, how did y'all go about looking up stuff? So that was the biggest thing was we actually, uh, actually coincidentally, I, well, I say coincidentally, I, I know it wasn't coincidence, but uh, probably about two months before the pandemic hit, um, we were having some issues with our current um, provider, internet provider at our church. So we actually found a better provider that was going to get us, um, you know, like you said earlier, quoted on 100 megs. Um, yeah. And so, you know, realistically, in the daily, we get about 80. Um, and so, which is, which is plenty. Um, you know, sometimes, believe it or not, everybody, networks bog down. <laughs> Oh yes, it don't so, matter how so, fast your internet is; it's going to bog down at some point. Right. You you may have the uh, the time that you're breathing really heavily, and you're like, oh goodness, oh goodness, what's that? When you see frame rates dropping and everything, so just just know that it's going to happen. Um, because believe it or not, everybody else is trying to live stream too. So that's yeah. what we we actually uh, got a new provider in, and that really helped us. Um, and I will highly suggest if you can. If you can hardwire whatever yes. computer that is running your stream, that just takes out a lot of questions on whether you lose connection with the Wi-Fi router. Um, so I highly suggest going plugged in hardwired yes. Ethernet. So that is one thing that we did forget to cover in the internet section. But hardwired over Ethernet is always the way to go. And I can tell you from our experience at our church. So we're on business class internet, but we have two buildings. So we have an administrative building and then we have a separate sanctuary building. Our internet comes from our administrative building, which is why it's business class. So I think our internet is like four hundred down, four hundred up. It's like excellent the problem is is we cannot hardwire to the other building we actually have to use what's called a wi-fi bridge and we actually beam internet from one building to the other um and then it runs over a mesh network so that 400 400 turns into about 80 you know 80 20 by the time it reaches our church because it's it's a fairly good distance it has to beam and so um we're working on trying to get the buildings hardwired together and network together because hardwired is always, always the way to go. Um, sure. But if you're in a situation like us, do know there are some really good um, commercial grade Wi-Fi things that will work. But if you do have to go Wi-Fi, don't cheap out and get a cheap router. Um, you want to get something really good. And so, um, but moving on, when we started streaming, we actually streamed, I think our first service with um, a Canon Vixia 800. It's like the go-to $200 camera that everybody yeah. buys. We bought that, an Elgato 60 capture card, and my 2015 MacBook. That is what we used to stream. And so uh, that was all we could afford. That was all we had the budget for. That's all. I mean, we were in the middle of the pandemic. Um, so, yeah. So we went from that now to we're running, you know, a custom-built PC with – 
um, Canon XA50 cameras and a ATM switcher and, and all this good stuff. But um, I've been there with you guys where it's like we're running on bare bones. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I know you guys have made some upgrades over the years, Bradley. But um, one thing I was thinking about is a, a couple of years ago at camp meeting, you actually – uh, we're streaming on an iPhone. And so can you talk a little bit about that, about how if you have to, you can actually get a decent stream out of an iPhone? Yeah, so that camp meeting we had, again, this is pre-pandemic. Um, and so we had not really, our camp meetings in Alabama were never live streamed. And that was something that we had never done before. We had talked about it. You know, there's there's some talks about it. But it was just, again, this was before the pandemic and nobody really thought about it, you know? And so, um, the last minute we were like, Hey, can we put this on Facebook? And I was like, yeah, I, I think we can make it happen. So I literally in my bag, I had like an, an iPhone six plus, like it was, it was an, I mean, even then it was an older phone, but it, I mean, it still worked. And, um, what we actually did was we took it, uh, had a monopod, and uh, so this is now this is like, hey, we need a live stream right now. <laughs> so yeah, this is, you know, do as I say, not as I do. So um, we actually uh, were able to gaff tape the monopod to the um, crowd mic that was right in front of front of house. And so uh, and we actually ran a aux out of the console we we're using. Uh, we were using a Midas 30 uh, M32 and did a matrix feed out of that aux and we uh, used an iRig to get the audio in. So um, those videos are still out there, you know, but you can tell, I mean, it's, it was a great wide shot to be honest, to be totally honest. It was a very, very nice wide shot. And, um, and not to mention we were in an arena. So it was kind of hard to capture the, the whole size of the arena on that camera. But, um, and the audio was phenomenal just because we were pulling it straight from the console. We weren't using the onboard mic. And yeah. so it can be done. It absolutely can be done. There may be a situation where, uh, you know, hopefully this is all behind us, but, you know, if if you had to, you know, a lot of times uh, some pastors were doing uh, Wednesday night services maybe from their house, you know. Yeah. Um, and using an iPhone, I mean, the, the new iPhones, iPhone 11, even the 11s and the 12s, I mean, they have great cameras on them. They have you know, availability if, if you're recording to record on up to 4K. And so, um, and, you know, even uh, with a lapel mic going into your iPhone, you could get a great quality stream for on the go. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. It's, and that, it's that was one, one reason things. I brought this up is because I know so many churches either couldn't get equipment or didn't have budgets, or like you said, they're streaming from their house. And an iPhone with decent lighting, get the room bright. And then running the audio in and not using the actual phone microphone, you can get a decent stream. So, right. so don't Absolutely. think that after listening to this, just because you don't have a ten thousand dollar budget, you can't get a good stream. It just takes a little bit of planning. If all you have is an iPhone, put it on a tripod so it's steady. Make sure it's level. There's nothing worse than looking at a live stream and I have to tilt my head <laughs> little, at forty five degrees crooked. to yeah. see it. Yeah, or it's or it's like it's leaned over because somebody bumped into it. Like, go on Amazon and get you a cheap tripod that holds a phone. Uh, Like you said, the iRig, I think there's some other companies that make it. It's basically just how to input into a lightning connector. Um, And just just do that, and you will be surprised at how well that would look. 
Yeah, it's not going to be the level of some of these mega churches, but it will look better than just taking a phone, propping it up with a songbook, and just going straight to Facebook with it. You know, right? For sure. And and another one more thing about Facebook. Just I, I say I'm picking on Facebook here, but from a phone, um, there was always. I remember when when we first hit the pandemic, people were like, "Oh, how can we do Facebook landscape instead of portrait?" Like it won't let me go to landscape. So, you know, I remember, you know, there were some videos that like were all landscape and, you know, like, you know, you were turning your head like on your feed to look (laughs) at it, you know? And so, um, there's way to do that is if you pull up your Facebook live before you go live, turn your orientation of your screen and then it will stream with that. orientation. Yeah. I remember seeing that in these videos. And these videos are at 90 degrees and I'm like, oh, this is so uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, there, there was a lot you of know. group chats on Facebook too that were like, help, 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 you know, yeah. our live streams sideways, you know, and nobody wants yeah. that, you know. So, so um, um and, and that really just proves the point that just take take it serious. You know, if it's literally absolutely. all you have is one iPhone, just work with that and actually put some effort into it. You'd be surprised at what you could do. So um, we're probably gonna be wrapping up here um Real shortly, so um, we've got another live stream, I guess, live stream number two planned, um, where we're going to be talking about advanced things, stuff like how do I get graphics onto my, you know, those lower thirds, those graphics that pop up. Um, How do I get my lyrics on the screen? That's a big one. Um, How do I improve my audio? What's some of the camera settings I need to look out for? So um, I don't know if we'll do that in episode three, but we will have a, um, a kind of an advanced live stream where we go over things like I've already got my live stream up and running. How can I improve it? Um, we'll talk about things like NDI. Um, NDI is a powerful tool. You can do a lot of things where you can take a signal from one computer and embed it over your video. So um, any any last words you want to leave them with, Bradley, before we drop out? No, no. I, I Just like I said, you know, live stream, like you said, is something that you just, you know, if you put the time in with it and take it, you know, say, hey, we're going to get a good quality stream. You can do whatever, however you do that, you can accomplish it and you can – at the end of the day, you want to put out the best video you can for your church because you never know who's watching your stream. You ne- right. will never, you'll never know. Like Facebook gives you analytics, understandable, but you will never know. You you may be reaching a uh, uh, somebody uh, that you know used to go to your church years ago, and they just you know they rolled across your stream on Facebook. You know, so you yeah. never know, and you want them to say, hey, you know what, you know. You know, I, I want to, you know, it may be, that may stir somebody in back to, to coming back in. And so you'll yeah. never know the reach that you have. So, and that's, that's something you're going to hear reoccurring. We're probably going to say it a million times on each episode is doing stuff with excellence. Just put effort into it. It's not about being the best as far as compared to every other church. It's about, am I doing the best with what I have? Um, right, and that's absolutely. what we're here for. That's why we're, we're so ready to answer questions or send us anything. So um, we're going to be ending here, but make sure you go and follow us on social media um, on Facebook or Instagram. It's at church media lab. And I'm proud to announce we finally have our website up. So if you Ooh. go to churchmedialab.com, there's a section called show notes. And each week after, Um, The episode is released. We're going to put all of the links in there, like every product that we talk about, we will have a link to. 
Um, and also on the, on the website, churchmedialab.com, you will find our personal um, social media, our email addresses if you want to email us, contact us, um, anything like that. So we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, subscribe. We're going to be putting out some more episodes really soon. Uh, and if you have a topic or a question, man, drop us drop us an email. We'd love to answer it, love to try to walk you through some things. That's what we're here for. We're not we're not here just to have a cool podcast to try to be the cool media tech guys. We really want to view this as a ministry where we can help people out. So um, that's it, guys, for this episode. Bradley, any last words? That's it, man. Ready to uh, see you next week? All right, man. Talk to you all later.